Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you're on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast and listening. Please share. We appreciate it. Well, I got to see you again yesterday oh. on game day. It's two... two there's streaks the, happening all over. There the really are. Right yeah. Now. My... Uh, my favorite part, well, I don't know about my favorite part, my non-football favorite part of yesterday was uh, after the early games and then once the Illinois game was pretty much decided, uh, Big Kurt and I went to a buddy's house to eat some chili and yeah. hang out. Um, our buddy was not completely forthcoming with the party list. No, he really did. Not, he kind of hid that from us, yeah, didn't he? Did. he? Yeah. He does that, by the way. Because I walked in, I, I opened the door and it was chaos. <laughs> You know, kids I almost everywhere. just turned around and walked right out. <laughs> By my account, I would say uh, eight, nine kids under the age of five that were there um, on top of a couple more kids older than that. And uh, I saw the look on Kurt's face when he walked in. Pure terror. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then everybody was upstairs and all of a sudden Kurt... Did oh. his first Irish exit, where you just went downstairs. Correct. I went downstairs, and I said, Vamanos, kids, get out of here. Yep. The Illinois game's coming on. Yep. Get stop. I stopped Frozen or whatever the hell was playing. <laughs> get out of here. It's football time for the adults. So then I was upstairs because two of the said kids are, are mine, hanging out. And then I I asked our buddy, is is Big Kurt downstairs? He said, yeah. So I walked downstairs, watched the, watched the game with you. Then we kind of got sucked back upstairs because of chili and food and everything like that. It's really chili is the only reason right, I went upstairs. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we were both sucking down bourbon at an alarming rate, I would say. On an Typical. empty stomach again. Yes. So then all of a sudden, um, I look around and boom, Big Kurt, his second Irish exit yep. of the day, this time to leave and go to the lead. To the lead. Yeah. Um, then. To watch the IU Northwestern game. Right. Then, extremely uncharacteristic, uh, as we're taking the kids home to go to bed, I had mentioned to the Greek wife that, you know, Big Kurt was at the Liege, and she's like, well, do you want to, you want me to drop you off? You can have a couple with them, just come right home. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So by the time I got to the Liege, because a couple hours had passed, when I sat down next to you, you were a, you were just a big Illini piece of goo. I was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was... Swimming in bourbon at that point, I was I was pretty tipsy, and but, I didn't let Big Kurt know that I was going to be there, and I just sat down right next to him, and it was a it was a solid six to seven seconds that it took you to comprehend that I was sitting next it, to you. It was weird because I had just seen you, like yeah. I we rarely see each other outside of the podcast, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I had just seen you, then I'm sitting there, and it's like. I, it's like I missed time, like you know, like two hours just somehow went by, went yeah, by, and yeah. and there you are again. It was it was a strange feeling. Um, and then the coolest thing was the uh, app that lets you plug into uh, the Leech's, uh jukebox. So great, incredible. I was I was killing all that bro country. You were kill yeah, and you had Zeppelin going strong. As soon as the bro country came on, I I skip it. I because you can skip to the next song. Boom. You can yeah. use extra credits. Extra credits. So next song, yep. Zeppelin. Next song, Zeppelin. Zeppelin. And then Every I got time. a little rubber band man in there. Yeah. Spinners. It yeah. was a good time, man. Just another great Saturday. Oh, it was an awesome Saturday. I'm <sighs> still in a good mood, man. Yeah, I am too. Why not? <sighs> All right. Uh, should we get into the weekly Eisman? Yeah. So, you know, only four games. It wasn't like one big breakout. There's, there was eight teams playing, three teams offense didn't even get out of the bus. Right. So it pretty much let us down, uh, uh, got us to five offenses that played yesterday. Yeah, so what we're going to do here is we're just going to give it to the Indiana skill position players. There you go. But maybe, I don't know, why not throw the offensive line in? They pl they played great, too. That, too. Their offensive line is looking really good. But Michael Penix, you know, he, he had a good game, 10 of 15, gets a little dinged, goes out. But then they don't miss a beat when Peyton Boom. comes in. And 7 comes to 10 passing, 108 yards, a touchdown. Stevie Scott had another big game, 26 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns rushing, one receiving. Samson James got a few carries. Watt Fillier, he's always going to get his yards, but then those other three big wide receivers, Westbrook, Freifogel, Hale, they're, they're interchangeable. They look like the same person, just about same body style. I mean, essentially, it is extremely difficult to 
set yourself apart as a Indiana receiver because the ball is spread around so well yeah. to so many receivers. Yeah. It, the stats are spread out all the time. And that's why I think it's good that we recognize the whole Hoosier, you know, skill positions because they deserve it at this point. Eight different receivers caught a ball. They have a receiver named Gary Cooper. How about that? <laughs> Look like Gary Cooper. That's right. Super duper. So, yeah, it's going to the IU. Let's Good just job. say IU offense. IU offense. Way to go, Hoosiers. Fantastic. Getting their seventh victory. Yeah. And by the way, they better be ranked. Yeah. Voters. Let's, uh, let's wait till we break down the game, but I got a couple thoughts on that myself. Okay. So, all right. How about that? Should we go ahead and get right into let's the game? Let's jump in, man. All right. So, once again, all these games took place on Saturday, November 2nd. Just four of them as Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan State were all idle uh two teams have been eliminated from bowl contention after yesterday's results so first up michigan 38 maryland seven the wolverines with 331 yards of total offense to the terps 233 first play of the game was a kickoff return for a touchdown pretty much set the tone for the rest of the afternoon for the for the turtles you know the it took me one play. I, I wasn't sure how to play this game, and I just stayed away from it. It was uh, the the line had gotten to twenty one and a half, and I'm like, I don't know. I just twenty one. I feel good. Twenty one and a half. I'm gonna stay away. Isn't that funny? It took Look one back. play, and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Why did I get away from that one half point? It's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> Killed me. Yeah, as I mentioned on the last podcast, I uh, uh, sent this one early last week to my uh, personal finance helper, and never really looked back uh, when people would. Sometimes people come to me and ask, hey, what are your top two or three games? Sure. This was the first one I, I spit out. Um, that was your top game, huh? Michigan? Michigan covering? Yeah. Well, I mean, got I got it at you got 19, 19. so loved fair. it at that. Um, there, was a, uh, there, was a, there was a different classification of uh, athletes and football teams going in different directions when this game was played. Yeah, totally different. You know, one thing that sticks out to me is Hassan Haskins seems to have taken over as the feature back here. Yeah. It, running pretty well. Only 60 yards, 13 carries, but had a touchdown. Feels like he's emerged as their running back. Now. Yeah, Hassan uh, Haskins, True Wilson, Zach Chabonet, 138 yards and three touchdowns between the two of them. Um, Shea Patterson, I guess you could call it a workmanlike day. 13 to 22, 151 yards, touchdown, no picks. I, guess, I just didn't feel like there was much needed. No, from... there wasn't a whole lot needed. But I, if you can say anything bad about Michigan, they're they're looking good. They're playing well. They've been improving, but. They just I want a little more from this offense. Really? I want more explosion, yeah. don't you? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Like, um, they're they're taking successful deep shots in the passing game. That's what's really kind of opened up the whole offense. Well, I don't know, along with the emergence of the offensive line and running game. I mean, they're pretty much imposing their will. And maybe the emergence of a different play caller? I think so. Um there were oh, somebody once told me, I don't know when it was in my uh, professional development, they said, you know, sometimes if you don't pat yourself on the back, nobody will. So I'm going to go ahead and pat myself <laughs> on the back here a little bit. Okay. Second half of the Penn State game, I pointed out in the podcast after that Michigan looked a lot better in the second half of this game. Um, a different podcast that maybe some of you listen to that has a Michigan fan um, uh, that does a lot of speaking. And uh, he was melting down, saying the season was over for Michigan. And I thought to myself, at that Penn State game? After the Penn State game. I actually felt better about Michigan after that Penn State game. And that's what I pointed out in the podcast. I said, you know, all like everybody's writing off this Michigan season completely dead. And I and I had said in the podcast, if they can go out and beat Notre Dame, that's going to be a great deodorant. You know, winning Absolutely. is the best deodorant. And not only did they beat Notre Dame. They, they beat them down. Now another beat down of Maryland as expected. Suddenly, this could be a really good Michigan team going into November, and maybe it actually already is. I mean, absolutely. They, they still got a lot to play for. I mean, Ohio State looks like a juggernaut. We're looking ahead a little bit, but they're not unbeatable. Right. Somebody, you know, somebody's, they're going to have an off day. And I would go so far as to say if I drew up a team to beat Ohio State, it would look a lot like Michigan, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I mean, rugged defense, running game. That's the one sure. thing that every now and then I've seen chinks in the armor with Ohio State is is maybe you can power run on them a little bit. Sure. I, that's that's nitpicking, by the way, but anyway, it is. it's just kind of interesting. And four sacks, by the way, from that defense. Defense keeps getting better here. Um, 
Josh Jackson just looked rusty. Yep. Didn't look like the same player. 9 no. of 20, 97 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Um, you There's know, just not much to talk about in Maryland right now. It's really not. Yeah. Um, oh, and 21 against ranked Big Ten teams since joining the Big Ten. Oh, Lord. They, ha- they do not have a win versus a ranked Big Ten team as a Big Ten member. Yikes. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Oof. And the defense we know is bad, but at least they were getting into the backfield a little bit earlier in the year, but they haven't been doing that that, lately. And they've had a lot of injuries. I will say the offense showed some pop against a very good Michigan defense from here here and there. They they got into Michigan's territory a couple times. I mean, it was 14 to nothing, and they had a legit chance to make it 14-7, if not 14-3, make it a little bit of a – of a game, and Josh Jackson just throws a awful interception. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the offense still got a bagel for locks. <laughs> and he's had enough bagels. He's had enough bagels. But, yeah, the, I mean, the seven came on the uh, special teams special play, teams so off, zero points from this offense. Boy, could you have – I mean, they weren't beating good yeah, teams early, but right. could you have imagined when they were putting up 79 that they would be this bad later in the season offensively? Hey, hey Big Ten coaches – Maybe don't talk a whole bunch of smack in August and September. Maybe yeah. let things play out a little bit. We got a sure. couple examples of that happening in this league. Just shut your mouth. Yeah. And, well, you know. I mean, this was the the the, the Alabama Bowl, wasn't Correct. it? It was right. Gaddis versus versus Locks, and those two were jawing at each other in the offseason about who was the play caller yep. and who was who was yep. writing up the scheme and yeah. this and that. What a bunch of BS. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Michigan looking good. Still yep. a lot to play for. Have right. a good season. Yep. Uh, with the win, Michigan moves to seven and two. Maryland falls to three and six. They are now officially on the the got to win out to make a bowl line. Next game up, Illinois thirty eight, Rutgers ten. The Fighting Illini, yeah, yeah, three hundred twenty four off yards of offense, yeah, yeah. The Scarlet Knights with two hundred and seventy one. The real stat again, Illinois faces th- forces three turnovers. Yeah. Listen, folks, when you play the Illini, they are coming after your balls. They are, for sure. I mean, look, Lovey Ball is a thing now. It's back. I mean, I was start, I was skeptical. How long can they keep this up? But, I mean, it's a real thing. Um, they are number one in the country at forcing fumbles. Right. Um, and they, they don't just force fumbles. They pop out fumbles that magically float in the air. Right to a line-eyed defender. I know. Like, almost in stride to, but to continue the ball in the opposite direction. It does seem impossible, but then you look back at those Bears teams, and that's exactly what they – like, I remember watching those Bears teams and saying, how can they keep getting so freaking lucky? But there's got to be something to it. Yeah. Um. Uh, b- did, okay, touchdowns. Illinois defense has five in Big Ten play. Northwestern offense has four. Rutgers offense has three. That's insane. Crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, one thing I want to stop talking about the game for a little bit here because I want to mention one thing. Uh, Bobby Roundtree, yes. th- that was the defensive end yep. for Illinois, had unfortunate spinal accident in the offseason. Uh, Illinois started a GoFundMe for him. So if you want to give to Bobby, go to GoFundMe.com and go to hashtag 97strong, the, the digit nine, digit seven strong, and donate to Bobby. Um his his medical bills are mounting, so this is to help out him, help out his family. So he finally made his first appearance, though, his public appearance at halftime. He was on the scoreboard, like wishing wishing the team luck. So it was good to see him um, sitting up, talking, seems in good spirits. So awesome. Good to, good to see that. And speaking of halftime, uh, Illinois jumped up to a 10 to nothing lead. It looked like what it was going to be a typical Rutgers game. But Rutgers fought back, uh, got it to 10 to 10. The touchdown pass, I still don't know how the heck that ball got through, how it landed, got through three defenders. The, the guy caught it. Yeah. It was incredible. The one thing I would point out, and Lovey Smith kind of talked about this on the postgame interview, it was good for him to see uh, his team needing to respond in the sure. second half. They weren't behind, but still they got challenged at the end of the second or end of the first half. And for them to come out as quick as they did out of the locker yeah. room, that's another good sign. It is a good sign. You always want to see your team playing well out of the locker room. I, it always seems like a sign of good coaching to me, and they certainly did that. This was basically a, a game of three quarters. Illinois won the first, lost the second, won the third, and 
by the fourth, it didn't really matter. Um, okay, let, let's go to some of the bad for Illinois. I this offense, <laughs> it's struggling. It's it's just there's well, something it's, missing it, here. It's not it's not super consistent. No, I mean, it's not. It's a, not that efficient either. No, it's not real efficient. Um, well, we have 204 yards rushing for the Illini, that's which a pretty, is that's, that's a good not bad. Day. Against the Rutgers defense, kind of, you got to have that. Brandon Peters, 6 of 11, 120 yards. No picks, just one t- one touchdown. Yeah, so and he kinda... had he had that that other touchdown. You know, this this always bothers me. Okay, so matter Baby goes up, grabs it, has possession. He has it secured to his body, both feet in. The defender slams him to the ground, and the ball squirts out. How is that? Like that is in the, in the spirit of football. Shouldn't that be a catch? I realize I, I, think so. the, I yeah. realize the rule says it's not right. But what a stupid rule that is. It's if the it, ground can't cause a fumble, how can it, it make it? Incompletion? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. No, I get you. It was a beautiful uh, catch. Speaking by of matter, baby, he had a big touchdown Oof. catch. And then uh, white boy. Did it again. Donnie Navarro. Yeah, that was a heck of a play. I don't think he's white, though. Oh, really? I think he's, yeah, I think oh. he's, I think he's black. He's got some soul in him. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. Um, but man, what a catch that was. Yeah. With the guy's hand very like good. right in, in there. It was incredible. I don't even know how he did it. All right. Yeah, very good. Um, so the one thing, if I'm, if I'm picking nits, as they say, to mm-hmm. the Illini, it'll be interesting to see how the whole team looks when there is a game that the turnovers are not forced. Yes. The, the entire the entire tenor of the team changes after one of those picks. All of a sudden, everybody's ignited. Absolutely. But there was a period of deadness about middle of the first quarter to the half where that that that's where the nervousness is if you're still in the Absolutely. Fan, I, I was I, – I'll be honest. From, like, midway through the first quarter to the halftime, I was frustrated. I was angry. I, I just yeah. – there – the the offensive line is is not blocking as well as they were last year. It doesn't seem to me. Um, I'll say it again: they they're not blocking well for Reggie Corbin. Yeah, that's your thing. I, yeah. I just don't see it. They, no. He runs into a wall of defenders every time he gets the yeah, ball. I mean, there's got to be something with play calling with that. But I hear what you're saying because I watch more of this game. And they just keep running that goddamn outside zone run, just plows into the the defenders, and they just keep running it and running it and running it, and no counter to that play at all. Hmm. I don't understand the play call. But one would think maybe they're, like we talked yesterday, maybe setting it up. Um, on the other side of the field, uh, very quickly, a couple bright spots with Jeremy Langdon, you know, but for the most part, there, there just wasn't much there to talk about for Rutgers. No, not a whole lot. They, they bowed up a little bit defensively, I would say. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about Johnny Langan. I mean, the guy he's he's runs he's got a Tebow style to him, right? He's not real quick, but he just he's a big guy. They can't keep running him like that, though. He ran 23 times in this game. It's the only offense they have. Uh, he's he's going to die if they keep doing that. Yes, he will. But they do have a couple young, good running backs. Aaron Young, Karen Adams, two freshmen. Look uh, look really good to me, I thought. Yeah. Both played well. Yep. Adams had uh, 10 carries, 40 yards. Young, 13 for 67. And Mohamed Jabi with a big touchdown catch. First catch of his career. Wow. Yeah. Was that crazy Was touchdown that catch? catch? Yeah. yeah. Good for him. But in the end, uh, the team that was favored by a lot, won by a lot, that was a cover by Illinois, that moves them to five and four. I it think is that, November, and the Illini have a winning record. So five is the number of wins they have, and four is the number of losses? Yes, sir. That sounds like it's over 500. It is. In no- I'm checking. Wait. It is November. Podcast high five. This, this, yeah, that's a that's a Good high job, five right yeah. there. Uh, one more thing. Isaiah Gay, much maligned defensive end, had an amazing game. Yeah. Th- we've been waiting for this for three years. Like, he flashed really early in his career, and then he just kind of disappeared. He has really come on the last two or three weeks. So, in this case, Gay is happy. Yes. So, with the win, Illinois moves to five and four. Rutgers falls to two and seven. They are eliminated officially from bowl contention. Not that they weren't already. Also eliminated is my bet that I would uh, shave my head and run around my house naked yes. on Twitter. So, sorry. That died That died a quick death. <laughs> Next up. Oh, boy. Indiana, 34. Northwestern, 3. The Hoosiers with 414 yards of total offense to Northwestern's 199. They couldn't even get over the 200-yard mark. Northwestern is Northwesterning again. I'm going to start by saying this 
IU offense is excellent right now. Yes. It, and it is. throw stats aside, right now. Actually, how many... can I can I give you one stat? Sure, yeah. Hit okay. me with it. Uh this is they've scored 30 points, a school record five straight times. Against five, Big Ten teams. Right. All Big Ten teams. And this is the second Big Ten win of 30 points or more, meaning more than their opponent. That's the first time, or excuse me, th- uh, twice it's happened this year. That had only happened three times in the previous 19 years. Okay? Unbelievable. Do you know what that stat means? That means they've beaten three teams in the last 19 years in the Big Ten by 30 points. They've done it twice this year. That's crazy. Insane. But, okay, right now, if you had to choose offenses, obviously Ohio State would be number one. Right. they got to be right well, close to. there you go. And that was a question. I actually, I wrote myself down. I would have forgot. So we obviously are saying uh, Ohio State is the best offense in the, in the Big no Ten. No question. Who's number two? That's the question right now. They're in that conversation. They are? They could be the second best offense yeah. in the Big Ten right now. They are? They I mean, can... you've got to put Minnesota in there. Minnesota. Uh, I would still put Wisconsin in there to yeah. a certain degree. Michigan Wisconsin. has come on. Penn State would be up there. They're just not I think this crazy. Is, I like this IU I offense think Indiana better than... Be the sec- I think Indiana would be the second best offense. I think they are. The fact of the matter is, part of the intrigue to their offense is they've got two quarterbacks. It you almost have to prepare for both. Not that there's a huge yeah. difference between the two, but you kind of no. You kind of do they have two to starters. prepare. They I have think. two starters. They do. They're... This this uh, less cohesive uh, locker rooms could cause an issue with this. They go back and forth no. between the two. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and it seems like the team plays just as hard for both of them. They're both leaders. Um, Ramsey doesn't cry and pout when he doesn't start. Ooh, poor yep. me. Yep. He just goes out there and does his job. He knows he's going to get called on. I mean, if there's one thing you can say is Penix is pretty fragile. Yeah. I uh, wonder if he is somehow related to the M. Night Shalomon character, Mr. Glass, because, boy, does he get hurt often. That's probably my favorite M. Night movie. Uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. Did you see the the second the second and third? Because, you know, that's a trilogy now. Well, so the there's the most recent one with the... I didn't see the second one. Yeah, you got to see the second one. I know. Yeah. And I and should... you didn't know it was a sequel to Unbreakable until you watched it and it's pretty good. I'm going to have bad. to watch that one. I yeah. got to go back cuz I saw the third one. Yeah. And there was that there was just a bunch of missing information there. Sure. Yeah, you got to go back and watch the second, but anyways, but yeah, I mean, Penix obviously gets hurt too much, but it's just amazing. Peyton Ramsey comes in and then part of the reason I think both quarterbacks both quarterbacks look good is because they're handing it off to a stud and Stevie Scott and they're throwing it to a bunch of studs like we already covered right. earlier in the podcast. I mean, this is what I know. One of those dudes is always open. Yeah. Somebody is open. Every time I watch Indiana play and the quarterback drops back to pass, I'm like, this is going to be a complete pass. It's, right. it, it's just incredible. Yeah. There's just a lot of confidence when you're watching. They the combine for offense. 17 of 25, 270 yards and a touchdown between the two. Yeah. Right now I'm just giving their stats combined because that's pretty much what it is now. Right. You might as well. Play. Yeah. Um, so I, I hear speaking of movies, I, I, had, I had a thought here w- watching Tommy Allen, who I love. Yeah. I, I, he's my, he's my favorite non-Illinois coach. Okay. And he's got that goofy smile, mm-hmm. right? That big, mm-hmm. lots the, of teeth. He's the joker. A little bit. T.A. is the joker. He is the joker. You're, you're not sure if you trust that smile. Yeah. Like it's like I'm not. Sure I'm if still it's a... brainstorming on this because I swear he's an actual character from something from a movie. A movie. I don't. I don't so think I did, it's the Joker. It's, it's not the Joker. I haven't nailed it. I'm sorry. I'm not. We got to keep working on it. We got to keep working. We got to keep workshopping. That's that. a workshop right okay. there. But anyways, gr- good on you, Hoosiers. I, I think they are one of the best stories in the entire Big Ten Absolutely. this year. Um they're and we kind of alluded to it. It's been starting to get thrown around the Big Ten Network a little bit on Twitter. How about we give some love to these guys and get them ranked? If you're a voter, I don't know how you can't rank this team right now. And of course, that goes back to our last podcast. If this was the, you know, the Indiana Aggies, you know, or oh yeah, the, or the uh, uh, Texas A and M Hoosiers, they'd be ranked. They'd be now. ranked. Yeah. Um, think about their two losses. Ohio State, that doesn't even count. Throw it out. Throw it out. And yeah. they lost to Michigan State in a really close game Correct. in East Lansing. Yeah. This is a damn good team. It is. Switching to the other side. Ooh, okay. So, I mean, I threw it out on Twitter. If if you go back in the annals of Northwestern football, you have to go pre-Fitzy to find a worse team. And I'm not talking pre-Fitzgerald, the coach. I'm saying 
any part of what Pat Fitzgerald was a part of this program. So we're talking before pre ninety five on then. campus. Pre, yeah, so, we are going back to the early nineties. I mean, you go even like ninety two. Okay, so that's pre Fitzgerald. They at least had something on their team. They had the silver football winner, Lee right. Gissendaner. My, right. That's my guy, right? Yep. 1992, they were only 3-8, and eight, but they had something. something. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is still a solid defense, but on offense, it's it's spelled A-W fence. Awful <laughs> offense. It's, it's an awful. There's nothing. There's nothing there. And yeah, they, they have... I know that everyone's like up in arms about McCall. They want him gone and they want a new system and all that. It doesn't matter who you bring in right no, now because no. they have unless unless this team somehow miraculously finishes like top five recruiting, they they're not going to have any guys next year either. The scientifically made love child of of Steve Walsh and Chip Kelly could not bring this offense to life right now. No, I know it's it's there's just nobody to throw to. There's nobody to throw to. There's and no, no one to, out of. Just to just to uh, uh, throw gas on the proverbial fire, they're turning the ball over like crazy. Okay, three fumbles in this game. Three fumbles. I mean, this is so unnorthwestern. Like, yeah. three turnovers. Right? They didn't generate any. Nine penalties for ninety-seven yards. I don't even recognize this team. Neither does Pat Fitzgerald. No, he's he's and, lost. And, it. and I, I see him and on I the say- sideline. It's almost like. I, I've seen chatter on Northwestern like he's just laughing this off, and he kind of like he his is. press conference. But I and think that's he's what getting, I mean. He's getting I, to the point. He's like, if this, if I don't react like this, if I don't laugh it off, I'm gonna blow my brains out. So this right. is it. This is what I got. This is how I'm coping with this. And yeah, he is coping. I can understand Northwestern fans not appreciating it, but he just doesn't know what to do at this point. There are no answers. There's no answers. He's. He's screaming at the refs constantly. In this game, I understood why he screamed the one time. His player did get slammed down. I didn't feel like that was egregious. It was pretty egregious to me. I mean, Hmm. or at the very least, the ref should have called the whistle way before that. Maybe. It was bad. So did you think it was post-whistle? Is that what? I couldn't tell watching it, but the whole play in itself, I don't know. It's just ugly. But anyways, I mean, the point being is Pat Fitzgerald is he's frustrated, but he has no answers. Everybody in purple is I mean, to a certain degree, they're just waiting for this year. To oh, yeah, on. absolutely. And, and and like I've told a couple Northwestern fans, maybe it's good that just all of this awful stuff is happening in one year. At w- Yeah, at one time. <laughs> sure. Like, throw the year out. And no just... offense. Turn the ball over. Penalties. Let's just, you know, boom. But honestly, what are they going to do next year? We'll see. I mean, the defense, I'm convinced, they'll still be good. Right? Yeah, defense will be fine. But there's something that has got to happen okay. to, to take a look at offensively. L- look at offensive skill players only on this team. Can you name one that would start on another Big Ten team that's that's not a decent Rutgers. team? Not name Rutgers. Right. No. I can't. No. I don't either. I, I can answer that. Like, And I like Isaiah Bowser, but like, would he start? Not this Isaiah Bowser that's not healthy. Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't play in this game. But, um, right. but no. l- let's assume he's healthy. Like, would he start at Illinois? No. Minnesota? Absolutely not. Indiana? Absolutely not. He may be second or third best running back. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just it's not there. And he's their best offensive player. Correct. And he would not start at any decent Big Ten team. No, it is a lost season for Northwestern. Crazy with all the stats that Northwestern brought into this year about how many wins over Big Ten West opponents in a yeah. row. Just Big Ten wins out of the last 15 or 16 or whatever it was. All of that stuff seems like a distant memory right now in November of 2019. I know. And I. This sport can change on a dime. A team in this sport it's can crazy, change on isn't a dime. It? It's incredible. Um, and I keep expecting some Fitzy-like bounce back, but it's not happening. No, I, and I, I got to the point two, maybe even three weeks ago, where the Fitzy magic, it had worn off on me. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he, when I say he's losing it, I mean, like, he's losing it mentally. Well, just, <laughs> yeah. To, you know. Yeah. Anyways, so with the win, Indiana moves to 7-2. and two. Northwestern falls to one and seven second team that we've talked about today that has been eliminated from bowl contention next game up. This was our big 10 game of the week and also the big 10 best game of the week. Purdue 31 Nebraska 27, the Boilermakers with 449 yards of total offense to the Cornhuskers 375. Looked like a kind of a role reversal game here for a while there. I tweeted out like mid game. It seemed like both teams were running each other's offensive scheme. 
to a, like, to a certain degree. Nebraska was just dropping back and jacking the ball downfield, and Purdue, Jack Plummer ran twelve times for sixty-one yards. Right. I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. It it just it was a a sluggish start for Purdue. Uh, Nebraska, pretty quick start for them. Yeah. And going into this game, some of the question was, you know, a lot of the question was, where's Nebraska's mentality? You know, where's this? Where's that? They came out strong. They looked great. And looked like they're going to run away with the game. Up 10 nothing early in the game. A really good throw and catch to uh, to start the game for Nebraska. Um, J.D. Spillman with a good catch. Yeah. Uh, th- and then turnovers. By Purdue, uh, kind of a weird shovel pass right into the defender. Aha. Uh-huh. You say shovel pass. Yeah. I, is it shovel or is it shuffle? You know, that's been debated It's before. really a shuffle pass. It is a shuffle pass. Yeah, but people, What do you think it is? People say shovel, though, don't they? I say shuffle. You say shuffle? An, absolutely. See, the only thing I could say is shovel is it's like it's got a shovel motion to it. Well, no, because uh, sh- shovel is underhand. A sh- and he, you do this like right. overhand, but like when it started, I think it was an underhand oh, you shovel think so? type of move, and that's where the see. Okay, is. I'm gonna I'm gonna demo. You can't see this at home, but yeah, when when a quarterback throws a <laughs> shuffle pass, you you shuffle your feet. <laughs> Man, you're really moving them there, buddy. Yeah. No, but I'm gonna get up here. But okay. It's like this, you know, like they they went underhand like that. Kind of a kind of a shovel. Motion. I think we need a definitive answer. Yeah, we, we need to come to the, get to the bottom. Anyways. Of that one. That set up Nebraska. By the again. way, there was dueling shuffle passes possessions. Yes, because he threw that crazy interception shuffle pass. Then Amar almost did the same thing. On Very the next, next play. Drive. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, Purdue uh, had a hand in uh, setting Nebraska up again. And what was early a theme early in this game, and then a theme pretty much throughout the game. It led right into puzzling play calling by the Nebraska offense once they got inside the red zone. And, and and not just in the red zone, like pretty much on the goal line. I feel like they just got out of what they do best. It, it, what, it, what do they do best offensively? Well, you got to have Amar involved in the run game. You, you, which is what they did. Which is what they a got A little to. bit. A little bit. But I, I felt like they were just not on the goal line. But they just kept dropping back like classic drop back and just jack it downfield. Or it's not what they it's not or it's consistently jacking it down the field or throwing the outside passes like they're throwing the outside passes on second and two all the time. At some point, it's like, just give it to Mills. And this is what Nebraska right. fans are are calling out for. I think you could give it to Wandale Robinson as well. He's a tough little bastard. And just just give him give him you know, get. Get first downs. Get get a more physical presence happening between the tackles. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, they I mean, were... I feel like that's what a lot of people are are clamoring for. And just overall, offensively, like they were they were getting so many opportunities and not taking advantage of them. That it was w- once they blocked that kick and they had great field position again and momentum and you could feel. I I tweeted out, okay, what are they going to do to screw this up and not score here? And it was getting likes from Nebraska fans. Well, because they see what's going on. I mean, my tweet that I had was, if 2018 Adrian Martinez was playing in this game, Nebraska would be up like 27 to 3 I know. right now. And and that got a ton of likes from Nebraska fans. And then at the end of the game, Purdue fans came at me like I was a Nebraska fan. But the fact of the matter was, that is a story in this game. It's been a story in the whole season What's wrong with Adrian Martinez? I mean, I was writing it down as I'm watching the game here. Just just unexplainable things that Martinez was doing that must be maddening if you're a Huskers fan. Like, that screen pass that he threw was so dangerous. Should not have thrown it. He got away with it. The shuffle pass, terrible. Him diving with the ball forward to the end zone, that is such a dangerous move for... for, for both. And he came up ding, he, dingy on he, that. He was he holding got his, his non-throwing shoulder. I mean, but you should you could fumble that out of the end zone correct. so easily. Yeah. You can fumble that out of the end zone. That's why you don't do that. But he did it, got away with it. He's overthrowing receivers. He's high-throwing, like sailing it above their heads. Um, and then he the threw worst right part, into the Purdue uh, yeah, defender. See, to, like he's not seeing safeties come he's over not the top. See, he's not seeing the field at all. And then the biggest thing, and you could see at one point in the game, um, uh, they wound up getting, I think, a penalty when he rolled out and threw the ball. And there was 
10, 15 yards of running space in front of Adrian Martinez, and he didn't right. run the ball. That's another that one. That was a no-question tuck it and Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Not only would have he got the 10 or 15 yards, he probably would have juked two guys out and got 25. It, it, and it's got to be some sort of injury that leads to lack of confidence or just an overall lack of confidence. And, and I don't want to go too deep into this because I don't want to pile on the kid because, by the way, he's 19 years yeah. old or maybe 20. I mean, he's he's young. And he's working point. behind a bad offensive line. Correct. And um, But isn't it incredible, like borderline shocking, where we're all at, especially where Nebraska fans are at, with their feelings towards Adrian Martinez on – November 2nd and 3rd, 2019, as compared to mid-August of this year. Mid-August of this year, this was a 6-1, to 7-1, to one, you know, Heisman candidate. You hey, know, I where, was as high on him as anybody. We, we both were. Yeah. We talked nonstop about him. Two, three weeks ago, Nebraska fans were already calling for his backup, and I thought they were crazy. Watching this game and watching how I much was better the offense him. looked last week under Vedral and yeah. the freshman, McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey. Right now, you have to question why Scott Frost hung with him so much. I yesterday. really think he should be on the bench right now. I I agree. I agree. If if nothing else, just like let him sit there and think, you know, kind of think about things. Yeah. Let him have some time. Yeah. Because it's just it's you're just going to keep killing his confidence by having him out there right now. But in this game, you have to point out, um, and I don't know if there is a a word for it, okay, um, or a phrase I should say, but um, Murphy's law is you know. Anything bad could that can happen will happen. Yeah, this is be this would be like a different word, like a it'd be like a Jordan word, like Frodenschneid or something like that. Okay. Where the the a part one of the part fails affecting the whole. Okay, something to the effect of last week Nebraska was moving the ball at will and their defense couldn't get off the field on third down. Mm-hmm. This week. The defense looked really Cut. good through three quarters. For, the for special teams yeah. were amazing. The offense couldn't get out of right. neutral. This team always figures out a way to yeah. shuffle things around in a bad way. Can't get out of their own way. They can't get out of their own no, way. I've never true. seen anything like it. Um, and, and Well, not to pile on too much, but I, I was just marking down like when I would yeah. see an awful play by the offensive line. Yeah. Check. Check, yep. check. I and I know that's part of the reason why Frost isn't running a lot of interior run plays because I don't think he has yeah. any confidence in the interior line. Probably Back true. on the other side with Purdue, um, they are down to their backup quarterback on the season as is. Then they're down <laughs> to their third stream. <laughs> but you know what, though? What? I don't think it even matters. Like Brom just finds a way for sure to to make anybody productive back there. I he mean, just wills he wills his players to to do what they need to do. Speaking of bad offensive lines, Purdue has one. It yeah. doesn't matter. He no. finds ways to work around it. He's a witch. He, he's if a this great, guy has players. Look out! I and he's. I mean, he's got some right They're now. Coming. They're, They're coming. They're coming. It, it, next year, this is going to be a good team. I still think it's more of a 2021 thing, but maybe they're coming. Um, that reverse and, and call was just, I mean, incredible. It, it's like he's always one step ahead of the defensive coordinator. He is. He is one step he ahead is. of the defense. I mean, that's not, it seems like so he is. He knew, he, they practiced that this week. Yeah. He made pretty arrogant comment afterward that said, yeah. we knew what defense they would be in. We had a very good idea that that play would work it worked exactly how we wanted it to yeah. and we're talking about kind of the double reverse it wound up being a rushing attempt by david bell and he ran it in for the touchdown the yeah. game-winning touchdown beautiful play call but um, the we uh, when we sat down uh big Kurt and i talked very little before we start recording we we threw out like who should be the eisman i threw out something stupid but i was like maybe it should be the purdue heart like yeah. that's what we should throw out for the weekly eisman because there are much less – there's teams that would put in this position wouldn't be able to man up as much as Purdue has this year. I still don't think they're going to make a bowl. No. you know. But the fact that they're even still alive for it with all the injuries and freshmen they're playing, it is a tip of the hat to Jeff Brown. Absolutely. I mean, we, we kind of half-jokingly but half-seriously call him the demigod. But, yeah. I mean, he's earning the demigod status. Yeah. And I guess there was – Dude, there was Purdue fans disgruntled and grumpy the last couple weeks about Brom. And it's like, oh, come on. It's, shut up. Even if it's the 80-20 rule and it's the 20%, even in this case, that 20% should just shut their yappers. Absolutely. Like, gosh, like you're not getting a better coach. No. Hardly anybody. That's not a shot at Purdue. 
tons of fan bases would like Brom as their as their coach. And you know what? Silver lining here, he's not going anywhere. No, no I don't think you so. You know, he's going to stick around because he's no one's going to be after him for a, you know a three and six season that he's having right now. Yeah, honestly, there that's the silver lining that is, to that it. Is. Uh, Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell was the quarterback that came in. They combined to go thirty-one of forty-one. 304 yards, two touchdowns, two pretty freshman-y, you know, walk-on-y picks that that hurt them. But Plummer added 61 yards yeah. on the ground. King Daru Doru, still haven't got that down, 71 carries and a touchdown. He is providing a spark. He looks good. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Um, He had that one run just looked incredible. I yeah. mean, he looked um ridiculous. But Aiden O'Connell is, is a walk-on, right? From Illinois. From Illinois, yeah. um, he was going to go to Wheaton freaking college. Really? Division three, non-scholarship, and he decides to walk on at Purdue, and he's out there slinging it. Yeah. Guy's got an arm. Yeah. He looked good. I, he looked like another Purdue quarterback. He did. They I, look all the same. I mean, he, he does Brown. look like a big-time well, quarterback. Like but yeah. I don't know how he wasn't more heavily recruited. Yeah, you never know with these kids, but... I mean, it's incredible. Uh, they, uh, the fighting Browns, just keep fighting. Um, get the win, moves them to three and six with the loss. Nebraska falls to four and five. They've lost four out of their last five. Scott Frost now one and eight on the road as a uh, as the Nebraska head coach in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, okay, yep, and uh, or yeah, I think it might just be one and eight. Overall. So he won at Champaign this year. Yeah. Is that his only Big Ten win? It's definitely his only Big Ten win. I think it might be his only win as a coach. Really? Pretty sure. Hmm. And at, I think. Huh. I, yeah. We'll have to look into that deeper. I'm, yeah. Um. So it, the, the mailbag is closed, by the way, everyone. But, yeah, we got a question. But one of then. our fans, Danimal, asked the question, is Scott Frost a bad football coach? No, he's not a bad football no. coach. But, um, but there but is. is he, the, but it. it I, I don't think he said bad football. I think he said overrated. No, he said, is okay. he a bad well, football coach? There might be a little, uh, you know, there's, there's, he's, there's he's a go for fan. He's a go for fan. There's stuff behind it. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, first of all, no, he's not a bad football coach. But I would say the overall demigodness that was given to Frost before he even stepped on campus and even after going four and eight last year, we need to. We need to put the brakes. On yeah, that you need to pump the brakes. Do I think he's a bad football coach? No, I think he proved at Central Florida he's a good football coach. But is he doing a bad job right now? And the answer is absolutely yes. He's doing a terrible job. This year has been certainly tougher of a of a position to be in, or just the overall arc of the program. I mean, it was pretty much well. Um, uh, gener- uh, uh, generally accepted that they were looking better at the end of the last year than right. were right now how they've looked either compared to this time last year or compared to this September. At the very best, they've plateaued. In some cases, you could say. I think this team's regressed. I, I don't, I'm honestly, I'm not there yet to say that they've regressed. I am. There are parts of the team that I still see as being strong and can cause damage against Big Ten opponents. Well, sure, it's just, but they're it's not just getting the, it done. The, the, they're doing it. The, you know, the sum of the parts, when you yeah. it's just not coming together. Yeah. Or it hasn't yet, I should um, say. The whole is less than the sum of the parts, there you one go. could say. Um, speaking of things that are terrible, how about that Purdue field? What an embarrassment. That is, like, I am not, I, I've always been, I think, a, I love turf. I love real turf. Um, grass. I can, yeah. grass. I can still, yeah, I should say grass, sorry. Um, I can still remember a uh, uh, the 1989 Iowa football poster. Okay. Uh, Iowa this is had, random. Well, it'll tie in. Okay. The Iowa uh, field up to that point was the AstroTurf. Oh, yeah, the old crappy, the old, crappy AstroTurf. AstroTurf. Yeah. So they got rid of it after sure. the 88 year. So the 1989 poster said, real tough real turf hmm. and it showed a football you know with grass okay, all sure. around it it's always stuck in my head i'm like yeah grass but things have changed now prescription yeah. field turf is generally accepted as being pretty awesome you it's know? great stuff and this is what purdue should go to absolutely and and someone in the big 10 needs to tell them to go to it because i mean it was it's an embarrassment it's not, to, the, to the conference right there's enormous- from an engineering school there you know i mean exactly it, it, it should just look better i don't know yeah. engineering school and then they had all those flooding issues on their on their own sideline come on purdue engineers engineer step this up. thing up step it up all right so that gets us through the games 
We will now finish up uh, what we do uh, always do, which is uh, Saturday tradition. Um, the rankings. We'll just kind of go through these pretty quickly. Number fourteen at the Rutgers spot is Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> Number thirteen, it's Northwestern right yes, now, and for sure. and yes, I would still put them a step above Rutgers simply because of yeah. the Northwestern defense. Yes. But I think we can all be extremely grated, uh, grateful that a Rutgers Northwestern football contest will not happen in the year. 2019. Yeah. I think we're all lucky for that. Uh, after that, number 12, Maryland, I would put them right next to uh, Northwestern. So tough, tough team or a, a, a tough situation right now with Maryland. They seem to be regressing each week. Yeah. Number 11, Nebraska right in front of number 10, Purdue. I mean, at this point, I don't know who you could put Northwestern in front of. There was parts Nebraska. of Nebraska. Yeah, or, uh, uh, Nebraska. In fr- I don't think you put Nebraska in front of anybody. There were parts yesterday where I think Nebraska was the better football team yeah. than Purdue, but in the end, the scoreboard says that Purdue was better. So you got to give it to in Purdue. Front. Then, you know, you get into two teams right here that I think this is starting to show. And I would actually say Purdue, Nebraska. And then Michigan State at nine, Ooh. at four and four, and Illinois at eight, at five and four. To me, that is starting to show the depth of the conference because sure. I think there's something that each one of those teams, again, Illinois at eight, Michigan State at nine, Purdue at 10, Nebraska at 11. There's something each one of those teams brings to the table that if given the right matchup, they can take advantage and yeah, win. I agree. Uh, then I think we have a pretty uh, hard line. line. Yeah. Do you agree? Yes. Because now we're into the seventh uh, ranked team, and these top seven teams are seem to be a definite step above the bottom seven teams. And definite step above, and all of these teams, to me, deserve to be ranked from Correct. here on out. So at seven is Indiana and six, Iowa. I uh, wear my black and gold uh, colors on my on my you know chest proudly. I would actually transpose You'd flip these. Them. I would put Indiana in front of Iowa. I right think now. I would too. Yeah, I yeah. mean Iowa definitely has the better defense. Indiana definitely has the better offense. Very close. I would love to see what the spread would be neutral field between Indiana Indiana and Iowa. Yeah, that but, would be good. Yeah, I mean, but right now very close to each other. Five Michigan. So when you are getting to this Michigan team that we're talking about that is looking pretty darn good, if mm-hmm. that's the fifth best team in your conference. Pretty deep conference. That's a pretty deep conference. Number four at Wisconsin. Haven't looked good as of late, but you can't just wash out the uh, no. absolute blanking that Wisconsin did on Michigan, so you keep them in front of them. Number three, the fight and flex. They've earned it. They do. I mean, they're 8 no. Yeah. They've and looked what- better and better. What a what a game we got coming up. I think I have an idea what the Big Ten game of the week is going to be yeah, this week. we think so, too. Well, there's actually two pretty good ones to look at, but I think you're probably right with that. Uh, number two, Penn State. Certainly deserve it. And number one, Ohio State, which is without question. Um, so coming up on Tuesday will be our first college football playoff Oh, yeah, rankings. the rankings. That uh, tenor of... Big Kurt's voice pretty much sums up. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure I'll be watching that. I don't know. <laughs> you will be watching because we have a Big Ten football specific podcast, and you have to bring the data to the table. All right, let me know where they rank Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to go ahead and get into it. I know you roll your eyes at me every time I bring it up, but Braden Gall. Ah, uh, yeah, and then your the, favorite, uh, and more mouth breathers that are out there against the Big Ten. But he had he had Ohio State ranked fourth in his rankings he had georgia fifth and penn state sixth wow no kidding yes and then alabama won lsu two of course <laughs> i mean clemson three ohio state four wow and my whole thing was you know all these years you have just absolutely chastised ohio state if they have a bad loss and just last week chastised oklahoma i mean he wrote them off in their podcast just they're dead after really? that, after losing to Michigan, I'm not making any of this up. I'm not, I'm not being dramatic. I'm speaking on facts. You know, you don't have to listen to their podcast. I know, but I got a lot of drive time, <laughs> and sometimes you know it's, it it falls in the whole you know keep your friends close but your enemies close. Yeah, type of okay. Stuff, so, but he wrote off Oklahoma. This is, I'm not a I'm not a Big Twelve fan. I'm not an Oklahoma fan. How is 
how is losing a road game in one possession to a ranked Kansas State mm-hmm. team completely that's it. Oklahoma isn't going to get back in the college football race. But losing a game at home to a four and four South Carolina team in Georgia completely don't even it, it's like it never happened. Georgia's one win away from getting right back in this. It's because all SEC teams are awesome. And that's what we're led to believe. Yeah. And this is where the And it's the amazing overall... that people just buy it. That's what frustrates me. A lot me. of people don't. I mean, yeah, that's there, true. there is a ton of people that don't. But don't um, you think like the casual college football fan just, oh, yeah, of course. Well, it's an SEC yes, team. Uh, yes, idiots do. Yeah. Yes, the, the, the casual idiots do that. Yeah. But we don't. No. And our listeners don't because we're first intelligent that's listeners. Right. But anyways, I think it'll wind up being this weekend. I'm making a prediction or this, this coming uh, ranking. LSU number one. I think they will put Ohio State two. Uh, Alabama three and uh, Clemson. Four. I think those. What's going to be interesting is where Penn State is at. Yeah, that will be interesting. And I can make another prediction right now. Doesn't matter what the game looks like. This is what I know: the loser of the LSU Alabama game will still be a college football playoff. Contender. Of course they will, and they're probably not going to fall out of the top four either. Probably not. And that's what it'll be interesting to see if. Alabama and LSU is one and two in one capacity. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. Just to hype up that game a little bit more. Now you got me interested. Now I want to watch. See? That's why you watch that crap. And then we'll see a couple other things to look at um, where Minnesota is ranked. That's, where the I'm really sees, curious about right? that. Yeah. Where is Minnesota they're not going to give them the, respect. You don't think they will? No. Okay. Like, where would be your guess on how high they're ranked? Maybe top. 10. So right around so right around top 10. I would say 10-ish, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say where Iowa's going to be ranked, where Michigan's going to be ranked, where Wisconsin's going to be ranked, all very interesting to me. Is there a chance that the Hoosiers would be ranked? Coming off... Uh, how many teams do they... How how deep do they go? 25. Oh, they do the whole 25? They do, they do the whole 25. I mean, you, well, have... you really haven't watched a lot of that show, huh? No, I, it <laughs> does not interest me. Yeah. Um, you, you have to rank Indiana at this point. I hope so. I hope so. So that would be seven ranked Big Ten teams. Yeah, I mean, they, they've earned it. Right. That yeah. would be almost a third, just probably right at yeah. 30% of the teams in I'm the not, college I'm football I'm not even sure they'll rank Gophers 10 now that I'm thinking about it. You think they'd How be can, a little bit They're 8-0. and oh. How could they not be a top 10 team? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I will say searching for the quality of wins deal Yeah, Minnesota I mean, that's, is going to ding it's valid. a little bit. It's valid. But yeah. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.